0: Hey there, everybody. I'm Tim Muma, and you've checked into localjobnetwork.com radio. Thanks for joining us. Now, this is Management Decisions, a podcast looking to add some insight and perspective into some of those issues that affect managers and even upper management. For this episode, we're zeroing in on the idea of being inclusive when it comes to hiring in the workplace. However, some are starting to think all this inclusivity has led to being exclusive. We'll try to help you figure out what that means, wrap our head around this a little bit. And we'll get some tips also from Tim Sackett, who we have on the phone. Tim is the president of HRU Technical Resources, as he uses his 20 years of experience that he has in HR and recruiting to help lend us his knowledge. Tim, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Tim. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Of course, we appreciate you joining us once again here on LJN Radio. And the idea of being inclusive, of course, has been around, if you will, for a while. And um, I guess to start things off, in general, when you're looking at being inclusive and diverse. What are the typical benefits that you're looking to gain from having a workforce like that?
1: Well, I think um, research will tell us that if you want an inclusive workforce, um, what it does is really kind of two things. One, it helps you become um, more creative Mm -hmm. and it it helps in kind of a more well-rounded decision making process. The funny thing is I think that there's so many of these organizations that really focus on being inclusive, focus on diversity. Are, are really doing it for the wrong reasons, right? Hmm. You can take a look at like Pepsi's known throughout the world as being one of those companies that embraces diversity, inclusivity, probably better than anyone. Sure. And yet, at the, at their core, you know they're a manufacturing company. They manufacture food products, sodas, chips, all this other stuff. And the reality is, is being diverse and inclusive in that environment probably actually hurts them more than helps them. Um, the theory being. If you want to do something over and over and over again, um, like you're a a manufacturer of widgets and you want to make a billion widgets and you want to do it as fast as possible, you don't need diversity. Mm -hmm. You need the same and you need a lot (laughs) of the same. You need everybody on the same page doing the same thing, not questioning the process, but doing it over and over and over again and getting better and better and better at it. In those environments... Inclusivity and um, diversity actually don't help you; they actually hurt you um, and hurt your productivity. Hmm. You know, so and that research is out there, but yet companies gravitate towards it because it because what what's sold in the mass media is that being diverse makes you a more effective company. Sure, and, and then no one even argues that anymore. There's you know you could go to any kind of executive and they were they're just so bought into this big idea that. We need to be diverse. We need to be inclusive, because if we are, now we're going to be a better company. And then you say, "Well, what do you mean by better?" And they'll go, "Oh, well, we'll be more productive and more profitable." There's no research to show that a more diverse company is more profitable. None. You can't find it,
0: so I mean, you brought up the idea of you know maybe in a manufacturing environment that diversity doesn't necessarily help you in any way. How about if we're talking about that typical sort of office workspace where you have ideas you know bantied about by different people? is that still ideal there or has it gotten to be an issue in that space as well? What are your thoughts on there?
1: Well, again, it comes back to what are you trying to do? If Mm -hmm. you're in a workplace and a work office environment where creativity is valued and you have to be creative and you can take a look at maybe a graphic design company, a company that's delivering, you know, content to clients or whatever it might be, you know, definitely you need you know, an open space environment, a diverse environment, inclusive environment helps all of those kinds of things. If you're processing payments or you're processing things for, you know, like a visa processing center, mm-hmm. you know, which is a is a huge office type environment, ne- diversity doesn't necessarily help you in that environment, right. But but people assume that it does. Now, again, we're also talking, now people are going to listen to this and go, wait a minute, diversity and inclusive are two different things. And they are.
0: Right, right. I think
1: in the HR industry, what's happened over the years is we focused on diversity, 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 diversity. And people said, wait a minute, it's more than just the color of the faces, right? We need to be inclusive. We need to not only embrace those people of color and the minorities into our workforce, but we need to diverse the age difference. We need to diverse the sex difference. We need diverse religious differences. Mm-hmm. So then it became more. So now in the HR arena, we talk about being inclusive and, and having um, an inclusive work environment, which is a little bit more than diversity, but they tend to get interchanged a lot right. because and most HR folks will kind of say, well, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> we, 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 by saying diverse, we mean inclusive, but it's all kind of the same thing. I think the crazy part you know, that we've gotten to in our society is that, you know, and I know we want to talk about this, was that being inclusive now has become the only way to be or the only thing to be. So, mm-hmm. And then if you go back then and say, okay, well, what does that mean? Being inclusive, for the most part, is a very non-traditional, non-conservative type of an approach to thinking, to believing, to doing that, right? So now, if I'm in my workforce and I'm not black or I'm not gay or I'm not ultra-religious, all of a sudden my voice doesn't matter because I'm not, you know, basically that voice of, you know, the other voice, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the conservative white guy voice, so I'm not now invited into being inclusive, which is a lot of organizations have, have are start starting to go down that path. Sure. And I think we're trying to figure out how do we get out of that.
0: Well, and that is, I think it's important to have discussions like this and figure out, okay, where do we go? Have we gone too far one way and now we have to bring it back somewhere? I don't know if you want to call it the middle, but find that ground that's a good balance. And you brought up the idea of, um, you know, whether it be sexual preference or religious beliefs, aren't those dangerous areas to sort of look into anyway and and try to be inclusive? And when you're talking about, you know, rights and protections as far as hiring, I mean, where is that balance then when you're trying to be inclusive, but not necessarily, I mean, you can't reach out and look for those things, right? How does that all work?
1: And we're not necessarily talking, when we talk about inclusivity, we're not necessarily talking about hiring, even though ultimately that's where it changes, right? Right. People don't want to talk about that, but that's, that's really the Mm -hmm. point of where it changes, we want to talk about our current workforce and embracing all these differences. Okay. And so, you know, hey, this person over here has this religious belief and they're Jewish and they support Hanukkah, but yet, so yeah, we probably shouldn't have that Christmas party, quote unquote, in the office. Let's have a holiday celebration. And, <laughs> you know, we've seen this through public school systems all the way up into employers. But I think it does get down to what are you doing in your workforce that's going to attract an inclusive um, a candidate to you? becomes a very difficult thing for people to deal with, and you see it, and you know, we in behind the scenes, behind closed doors, you, you know, there's actually jokes about it. When you see some, sure. especially large Fortune 500 companies, when you see their marketing, like their job branding, the, the the common picture that you can pull up on almost anyone's career page is, the 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 white female, uh, the black male, <laughs> the Asian in the wheelchair. Like, they're trying to show you, right, that we have this inclusive work environment that we invite everybody. The reality is, is it's somewhat of a joke when you take a look at their actual metrics and their actual demographics. And mm-hmm. They're like, okay, well, we're 85%, you know, white, and we're this and we're that. But they're trying to say, hey, we want to market to people of all races, colors, religions, whatever, to say, sure. yeah, we want you to come work here. And it it becomes a very difficult thing because, like you said, um, it really comes down to your recruiting department being able to, de- to deliver a really um, vast pool, an inclusive pool to the hiring manager. And then as HR pros going back and ensuring that our HR managers aren't continuing our our exclusive work environment and actually giving us an inclusive work environment. And sometimes that's hard to do. I mean, I've run into clients where we'll have 11 people interview and then you go back through and take a look at who they've chosen on to next steps and it will be people who are very similar, right? So the hiring manager is a white male and we gave them 11 people to interview, and there were some females, and there were some minorities, and then there were some white males, and all three that made it through the interview process were white males. <laughs> and you have to go back through and say, wait a minute, why wasn't Mary over here selected for the next
0: level? Is sure. It?
1: What was wrong with her? And now, and it's always, well, gosh, you know, her personality just didn't fit. And there's a point, there's a point where you got to go, no, we're going to, we're going to move around to the next step um, because, you know, there's really no reason why not, right. but it happens.
0: And I think that's the question that a lot of people would have in terms of whether it be hiring or even within, you know, within the workplace, maybe you find this out after a couple months in or however it works. When you're talking about being inclusive and I understand diversity as being a, a little different, but a lot of people put it under the same umbrella where does that affect just hiring the best person where that's not sort of the psychological game you're playing well to your point maybe you you didn't know any of these people their their race or background necessarily but you you chose those 3 and they happen to be three white males or however you want to phrase it if those are the three best do you still okay we have to look elsewhere we have to look for the other ones or do you go with the ones that you think are the best
1: no, I still think you go with who's the best hire. I mean, ultimately, you do I think the job of HR and the job of talent acquisition in companies is to bring that diverse um pool of candidates to the table. All things being equal, right? Mm-hmm. So we're we're taking a look at, you know, a black male and a female and an Asian and a white male and saying, you know what, their educations are similar, their work experiences are similar, they should be all viable good candidates. It's right. not saying, and I think here's where the majority gets caught up in saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're going to say you're going to give this job to a black female even though she's not as qualified as I am. That's not what we're saying, and I don't think that's what companies are doing either. But that's, the, that's always the fear of the mm-hmm. majority. The reality is is when, when recruiting is going out, they're saying, no, we're looking for similar talented individuals of an inclusive nature and then now let's go make sure we pick the best person for our company and our culture. Sure. Unfortunately, sometimes we bastardize our own culture, right? Because we think, well, wait a minute, you know, we're 75 or 80 or 90% white and we feel more comfortable with this individual that I'm sitting across the table with, this other individual who might be of a minority status. I I don't think like they do, they're thinking differently than me. And that becomes a really hard hiring decision because you're like going, I don't feel the connection there. And that's a real thing, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard. But I think what we're now, what we're trying to tell our managers, we've gone right ditch, left ditch to try to fix this problem. And we've said, no, that's what you want. If you feel uncomfortable, then you want to make sure you hire that. Right. So now we're saying now, now we're kind of forcing you to hire that person that you're uncomfortable with because you don't think the same, because we need this inclusion in our work environment, which goes back to the original point, is that truly what's best for, for our organization? And every organization is going to answer that question differently. Sure. But I don't, I don't think that we should just broad stroke it and say, well, yes, we, we should have an inclusive work environment. <laughs> I think you should be inclusive in terms of your decision-making to say, hey, we're open to anyone that's the best fit for us, right? Right. And if that's a person in a wheelchair or that's a person who has strong Buddhist beliefs or whatever it might be, we don't care about that. We want the right person for the right job in our company. Um, And sometimes, you know what, that's a white guy, you know, (laughs) or that's a 55-year-old white woman um, is the best fit for the position in that company. And that's not popular opinion or that's not popular politically correct belief. And so nobody in HR will really come out and just say that. Like, well, wait a minute, you know, this is getting a little bit crazy. I all of a sudden now I'm trying to tell these people who have conservative beliefs, you know, Midwestern type beliefs that you're you're not valued any longer. We only value this liberal kind of coastal belief of, you know, what the world should be.
0: So, in general, if you are speaking to a, a group of, you know, hiring professionals or just anyone within HR, who they're they're looking to have that inclusive workspace and they want to be welcoming to all sorts of scenarios, and we're not just talking, of course, of, of race or anything like that, but any scenario that we've brought up, whether it be uh, maybe a person with a disability, it might be religious beliefs, however you want to involve the idea of being inclusive. Where do you really? Where do you start with it? How do you have, do you have some sort of guideline you could offer up to those listening wondering, hey, I'm right with you, but I'm not really sure where to start.
1: I think you have to have a real strong conviction of who you are as a company, Mm -hmm. right? And what you really want. And most companies don't. And so they go down this path of just saying, well, this is best practice in the industry. So that's, we're going to follow this best practice. Let's say a company like Catholic Charities, right? Huge organization, you know, thousands of hires a year, blah, blah, blah. Is it really in their best interest to go hire a hundred Buddhists? Hmm. You know? Right. And what if I or what if I'm a manufacturer that's down in El Paso, Texas, and my my workforce is ninety eight percent Hispanic. I hire my my leaders, I hire my managers, I hire their dual language, their blah blah blah. Is it really my best interest to just go and start now hiring all white people so I can become more inclusive? It's not it's it's good for you to be inclusive and you figured out what really fits for your organization so but you have to know that you have to know also do is is becoming inclusive becoming more diverse is that going what's my goal there is my goal to increase productivity is my goal to just because i it makes us feel better about ourselves as a as a company um is our goal to match the the environment we're in right I live in Lansing, Michigan in the surrounding area, which is a, a traditional kind of Midwest city. So is it is it logical for me to say, go out and say, you know what, I think my workforce should be 50% diverse. Mm-hmm. It, w- it would be more diverse than this surrounding area. <laughs> so it would be very difficult to do one. And then the question would be, well, why? why? What would be my my nature to do that? Now, I might have some real competitive reasons to do that, right? Maybe I'm working with uh, some really diverse companies and clients that are in, uh, in, in much more diverse locales around the world. And so for me, I need to have, you know, some Indians, I need to have some Asians, I need to have, you know, some African Americans. I, I want to have that kind of workforce because I need that inclusivity because it gives me a client advantage. That's a different story than saying it just makes us feel good because it's politically correct. So I think you have to back it up with some from actual data sure. that shows that it, that, it means, that it means something for you.
0: And I, I do appreciate you pointing out that, you know, what's going to work best for your organization? What What is going to give you that competitive edge? Because, you know, like it or not, as a business, that that is what you're focusing on and, and what you want to bring in as far as whether it be talent or, or however you want to phrase that as well. Tim, unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap things up here on this edition of Management Decisions. Again, we've been talking about the idea of being inclusive without being exclusive and how to make it all work together. And of course, it's always going to be a work in progress as far as the effects on it and how to remedy that situation. But hopefully we've given some insight along with our expert, Tim Sackett. Again, he's the president of HRU Technical Resources and has 20 years of experience in HR and recruiting. Tim, thanks again for bringing us your insight into this topic today. Thanks for having me, Tim. Of course, we always want to hear from you, the listeners as well. So just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you do have any comments or suggestions for LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host Tim Yuma, we'll talk to you later.